0: coaching inside the box a youth soccer coaching podcast a brit a brazilian and an american discuss culture and environment and the impact it has on youth development can you coach inside the box It's episode 29, and we are back with coaching inside the box on a very early, although not as early as when Andy and I first showed up, because Philippe was still asleep and showed up quite late Tuesday morning in November, November 1st. How's it going, Philippe? How was your sleep last night?
1: It was great. Fantastic. I was really in need of it, and yesterday I got home after work. I went out of town this weekend, so I got home (laughs) late on Sunday. Worked all day yesterday. When I go home, like I'm just gonna so go to bed to and not excuses. think about it. Seriously,
2: what are these excuses? He's no, the youngest
1: one of us. Pathetic, a
0: a weekend out for a bachelor party in Nashville, Tennessee, should not have put you in in a position to be late to this recording of a podcast hey, on a Tuesday morning.
1: I'm about half Andy's age, so I'm getting old. I'm about half Andy's age, so I'm getting old. I, I can't. I, I don't I have I the same hope, energy I used before. I just before. hope
2: that everybody. You know, is just listening to this podcast so they don't see the state of your hair. You know. <laughs> yeah, and don't watch just, on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At, At least uh, I have hair. Hey, hey and, and,
0: and the indoor season whoa, is... Whoa, whoa,
2: whoa, a, whoa. whoa, At least I have hair. You've got yeah. a full head of it up there. But he just said it. No, uh, I was thinking of Kyle. Uh, well,
0: <laughs> Philippe, uh, you've I got the closest power alleys we got on this on this bus here.
2: I, I hope you are not attacking me because I paid a lot for this uh, this hair. <laughs> you know, hair hair club for men hair and... club for
0: men. <laughs> and you seem the kind of guy that's that's just vain enough to spend money to make sure you get hair. Oh, on your
2: give head. me a break! <laughs> you know, shoot me if I ever do hair club for men. Please put me out of my misery. You know, I I just I've never cared about my hair. You I know, think the... I
0: saw that on the ledger for the the podcast uh, uh, ins and outs.
2: So, so uh, you know, at some point in time in this podcast, I was going to read about the Brazilian advantage, you know, and Brazilians love more, they're more passionate, beauty is revered, artistry is worshipped, you know, and now I should have added something like this, they're less likely to turn up on time, they're not <laughs> as reliable... That's very true, <laughs> <laughs> but
1: Philippe
0: usually breaks the mold. Like when we record, which we usually record early in the morning, Philippe's the first yeah. one here. Always. We're doing it
2: because of him. You know, it's because of his darn professional career. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, you yeah. know, he's got to be at practice. So. Keep
0: saying if he's late to practice, he can yeah. get fined. And so, you know, homeboy A, me, I wake up at five oh one this morning to get here in time to record this episode. You need
1: an hour and. And, oh, yeah. I'm
0: usually the last one here. And so, yes, I was determined not to be, <laughs> which would have been easy. I could have, I could have been an hour late and still been <laughs> not the last I, one I have here. to laugh.
2: I shared with Andrew that, you know, I, my alarm didn't go off. I woke up at 5.36 and I looked at my, you know, I thought, ah, wow, I'm six minutes late. Why didn't go off? I had it set for p.m.
0: So this could but, have been both of you.
2: Well, the interesting <laughs> thing is, though, that with me, you know, I have to wake up nowadays every two hours to pee because, you know, I'm an old man and my, my prostate gland is swollen. And, you know, and so so I've got this automatic built in alarm clock. I can't be any more late than two hours. Philippe usually no. wakes
0: up every two hours, too. But it's just because he's recovering from the night before in, in Nashville, Tennessee, on a
2: bachelor party. Yeah. So when you're an alcoholic, you know, <laughs> I'm soon drinking water here. <laughs> <laughs> but but I gotta read a little bit. Yeah, more let's of this. get into this. What, we're, gonna talk, we're gonna talk we're gonna talk about culture today for sure. What's love got to do with it? It was a famous song. Wasn't I've it? never heard it. Whoa, what's love got to do with it? And our listenership just dropped. Yeah. Oh boy. That's <laughs> How to make a fool of yourself <laughs> publicly. Um what's love got to do with it? Soccer that is everything, love of the game is at the heart of soccer, it's the core reason that we play, when kids first participate in soccer, it's because they love to run, love to kick a ball, love to play a game, they love soccer for the pure joy that it brings, later in life love of soccer also encompasses the values that it teaches us for life, fun turns into love, which develops into passion and if the sport is taught in the most optimising way builds great values like courage, artistry, acceptance of responsibility, and leadership and get into places on time. Oh, sorry, I threw that one in myself. Um, (laughs) The creative dribbling and shooting emphasis of the Legends Club builds a clutch skill mentality to life. This enables our players to grow into adults who are fully capable of identifying and embracing their passions. The result, in the immortal words of James Stewart, it's a wonderful life. And this is all centered around what? What four-letter word? Love. Yeah, I I was hoping you'd come up with that one. (laughs) 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 <laughs> yeah so so you know it's kind of a nice segue because you know there's something about Philippe that I absolutely love, and that's that he's in love with soccer and he's in love with life and he's he's an amazingly passionate guy so you know, after giving you a lot of abuse, I thought I'd go into that one. <laughs> Thank was, say yeah. Nice, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you. Say something nice. I mean,
0: you mentioned specifically, I mean, like that, that was talking about love and how it connects to the game and, but you mentioned clutch skills and like the, the moments of the clutch, whether those, those clutch moments are specific to soccer, specific to sport or just specific to life in general, those clutch moments are full of pressure, right? Pressure. Um, uh to perform pressure to make the right decision, pressure to get something done. And those pressured moments, regardless of the discipline, it's it's a passion and a love for that discipline that allows you that enables you to be successful in those pressure clutch moments. And I think that's what, from a coaching perspective, when we talk specifically about the way in which we train players, the way in which we create a culture for our players, you know, the fields that we train our players on where they're so small, every single moment is a moment in the clutch. We are really feeding into, as you mentioned, a life lesson that enables our players to have the confidence and the passion and the love to enjoy those moments, full packed, oh, full of key, pressure.
2: Keyword there, keyword enjoy, enjoy. Yeah, it's 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 about fun, you know. It's you know, it, so much of, of soccer coaching and you know uh, our discipline is 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 grind, you know, is rote, you know, is is Gregorian chant. You know, we get into this this mode as coaches is we want our players to play to to a, a script you know to a pattern you know and it, that's no fun you know it's it's it's, it's got to be you know it's got to be enjoyable it's got to it's got to be centered a- around love you know and and so you know let, let you know let me talk a little bit about last night you know it's you know, w- what did we just get done with? What
0: love thing from last night are you bringing up?
2: <laughs> well,
0: Not to worry, guys, he's too old, Philippe, according to Andy, Philippe, Philippe. Is, the,
2: is the young married guy, so, you know, but we won't go there. Um, you know, last night was what?
0: Oh, Halloween. Halloween, right? I, I was thinking no. you were talking about soccer practice. I was like, I didn't you know, have any training uh, last <laughs> night. There,
2: there, there's big advantages, you know, for me these days to Halloween because... You know, look at me. I don't even have to buy a costume, uh, and yeah, I still look like a exactly, dinosaur. So exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could know, go out and do what I used to do. I, I was thinking to, ogre, but... Yeah. Thank you. I mean, you know, that's better than dinosaur, right? And, you know, it's got a better connotation, you know. You know, you're, you're still ugly, but, you know, I don't even have to buy a costume. I used to buy a dinosaur costume, uh-huh. and I'd sneak out there and look like one of these older kids, and I'd get all sorts of candy, you know, and they didn't realize because... <laughs> You know, I went in disguise that, you know, I was, you know, an older guy. He, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I just wouldn't say anything. And it's why
0: Andy's no longer <laughs> passes the background check to coach the kids.
2: <laughs> but, but uh, you know, it's, it's an incredible day, night of the year, right? Kids look forward to this. They, they're, they with eager anticipation for months, mm-hmm. you know, they, this Halloween thing, they plan their costumes, you know, the whole thing is is out on the ragged edge of fun you know it's it's kind of you know it's a horror story but it's it's amazing fun you know and it it you know it takes over this day you know this week this month you know because the kids are looking forward to this this massive celebration that's different that's wild that's crazy that's kind of gross in certain ways Mm -hmm. you know but they love that stuff you know and and so everything's okay you know if if it's on halloween you know, it's, you know, there's almost no holds barred on Halloween, you know, blood's okay, gore is okay, horror is okay, you know, in fact it's fun, it's wonderful, it's exciting, you sure. know, and, and, uh, and that's, you know, it's kind of like watching Brazilian society like now, you know, the, the, you know, the political nightmare that's occurs, occurring in Brazil, you know, it's, it's like a, a horror story at the moment for the rest of the world. But that's okay because underneath it all, they're Brazilians, you know. And <laughs> they'll, they they'll survive. <laughs> they'll push. <pursue. laughs> they the
0: party will still go on. The Carnival part. is going to happen in February. <laughs> you know, it's, Carnival it's, is always going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but you mentioned before, like the. Soccer coaching, I assume we're specifically talking largely in the United States is 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 not as much fun, right? And and there is an, an an emphasis emphasis, an overemphasis by our estimation that it has to do with a tactical predominance, right? Like a focus on that the reason we're playing is to win, and so because the reason that we're playing is to win, we're going to create training that 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 ensures or, or increases the the possibility that we're going to win and we're going to win quick, right? We're going to win right away, short-term wins. And we've, on the, on the last several episodes, talked about these these hotbeds, right? From a developmental perspective, right? We've talked about Ashington. We've talked about France quite a bit on previous episodes. We've talked about Iceland before, right? We've talked about even the inner city of Baltimore and how that dovetails and connects into basketball, right? Um, uh, and, and those environments are not the same. There is not a tactical dependence or a tactical focus at, at all. Philippe, when we talk about the best Brazilian players that have played, growing up, where did they come from? What did it look like? If that makes sense.
1: Well, it's it's really hard to pick the the top five Brazilian players, um, especially for Brazilian. Times. I mean, I can pick five. It's but. really
2: it's really hard. Like coming from England, we don't have a top five. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, uh, in the United States, we've got four keepers and Landon Donovan, so we're good to go. You know, it's funny.
2: Before you even said that, I was thinking Gordon Banks, you know, (laughs) possibly the best goalkeeper that ever. I mean, you know, in Brazil, they don't think of any goalkeepers. You know, the only goalkeeper was. I don't even know any goalkeepers.
0: Taffarelli. The
2: the guy that cost them the 1954 World Cup. What was his name?
1: 1950. Barbosa. Barbosa? I
2: mean, you know, know, I don't know his name because i'm not brazilian but i know that the the guy was vilified it ruined his life and he didn't do anything like that bad. it wasn't that bad like when you
0: say ruined his life when he moved to argentina the whole society
2: has blamed him ever since
1: and and (laughs) people people say that brazil has never had an african american i can't say african brazilian i guess uh goalkeeper uh since him because
2: of him really yes that's that's serious.
0: Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah you know, yeah. all
2: joking aside, you yeah. know, that you know it's that's how serious the Brazilians even though they're samba carnival they play with creativity, they play with fun and joy. It is we really had, we down had, deep serious. We it's had we deep. had
1: we had we had one that played in a Copa America and started and But then uh, Julius Sazer got back and then took over the position before the World Cup in 2014. Imagine if he, if the one in the 2014 that got seven was also an African. What happened
0: to Brazil in the 2014
1: World Cup? Let's not get there can't
0: wait for this next edition well, 2022 it's the
2: only chance we've got to really slam <laughs> brazil i mean you know one thing i can say about england is we will never lose seven to zero
0: no your, your set piece defense is so good it's, oh
2: you know we we parked the bus we parked 10 buses in front of our goal <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah. hey, but
0: coming back to to, to development specifically env- environmental um and we talk about right the best players in the world and the environments i mean this is something that we talk about on 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 our pods often but a lack of tactical focus is is i think the area that 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 we think is um in the top echelon of of importance what so what does it look like
1: so i i was listening actually i was coming back from nashville with my friends and we were listening to a podcast uh, from one of the my favorite brazilian players um you, you might not even remember him uh, Andy probably does because I sent him a few clips of him. No, because I sent you a, a few clips of him. Uh, and because I'm old. Um, A while back. His name is Djalminha. Um He was left footed, number 10. He played in the late 90s, early 2000s. He was going to go to the World Cup in 2002, but he butted his head coach in as La Coruña. <laughs> yeah, uh, does. And get, and <laughs> That's <got> what <laughs> kept
0: me from a World Cup too, to be honest. <laughs> and,
1: and got cut from the World mm. Cup. He would actually probably start on that team. Um, he was fantastic. He won the the La Liga with uh, La Coruña a couple of times, having Real Madrid and Barcelona with the in the Galacticos era. He was just phenomenal. And even Ronaldinho tells uh, everybody that, you know, the no-look pass, using his back to pass, the back heels, all that crazy stuff. He got it all from him uh, and he was saying like nowadays a kid a kid go try out for for an academy and you know super talented you know s- you can see they he they have different things about them um, but if they're not physical they're not they haven't grown yet or you know they start the training they don't understand the the the, the drills and everything that he, they're tactically behind they put them aside and, you know, it's like, I, when I was 16, I was super skinny, I couldn't like be super impactful yet, but then, you know, I ended up becoming one of the best players, you know, and he oftentimes talks about like how the the talent and the quality was always like the most important thing, but nowadays, the, even in Brazil, and I guess it's in the whole world, like, they want to win you know the academy coaches; they want to win, so they can move up the ladder. Yeah. And they can hopefully get somewhere. You know, can blam- can really blame them if that's what's measuring their success is if they win and not you know the kind of players they're they're, they're forming. But you know, it's it's sad. Um, so.
0: I mean, we've covered that before, right? In terms of coach ego uh, and a focus on winning being uh, at you know the forefront of them struggling, um, and I've got a big ego and I like to win, but. More than anything, I think my ego feeds into. I love to watch my kids rip off three Maradona turns. Who cares if they lost it on the fourth one, right? Like that, I'll puff my chest out all day long and and uh, uh, smile when the other parents are yelling. Just let them dance, right? Like that just feeds my soul.
2: Well, yesterday, I was for whatever reason, I I was you know, doing some research into France, you know, and and you know, World Cup coming up there. You know, their, their dominance is largely uh, because of the suburbs of Paris. Yeah. You know, I was reading about to Mahrez, the you know,
0: and uh, The immigrant it, culture, honestly, that exists within those suburbs of Paris. Yeah. But,
2: but specifically, though, the immaturity, Mahrez was incredibly immature, you know, all the way through to his late teens. You know, and he started off at the lower level of pros because he had nobody interested in him at the higher levels. You know, the PSGs just weren't interested. He was in their backyard and they weren't interested in him. I mean, you know, what a mistake that was. Sure. You know? And uh, Mares was, you know, him and Kante, another product of the slums of Paris, uh, were the two guys that triggered Leicester City's miracle. Mm-hmm. You know, without Kante and Mares you know, Jamie Vardy wouldn't have been the goal scorer that he was because he wouldn't have got the service that he got from those two. You know, and Mahrez took a lot of weight off of him. If they could have just focused on Vardy, Vardy wouldn't have scored as many goals. Sure. But, you know, they couldn't just focus on Vardy because Mahrez was there and tearing them up on the right wing, cutting inside, scoring goals. Yeah. But he was that, you know, that journeyman that, you know, came to the, the high level of professional soccer late and through the back door, Leicester City being that back door. That pulled off the EPL 5001 miracle, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so, you know, it, it's, it just goes to show how much we focus on winning at the expense of recognizing potential, you know, and, you know, something's got to change because a lot of people are getting thrown on the scrap heap.
0: But there's a question that I have as we talk about this, recognizing potential, right? Like um, recognizing not necessarily what a player can do for me now, but what they can do for me in the future when, you know, when, you know, science and nature comes home to roost and they finally grow into their body, whatever it might be. Andy, you've evaluated players over a long period of time and you've coached a lot of, you know, state teams and regional teams and and, and high level teams and and gone to, to, to try out sort of sessions and evaluated players. What what are some of the things that you specifically look for when you're trying to determine not whether the a player is ready now, but if that pl- whether that player's got something that the others don't that could make it uh, be a margin of greatness later?
2: Well, the the one thing that strikes me in evaluation is just how imperfect a science it is. You know, and you know people make a career out of trying to uh, convince you know clubs that they know what they're talking about you know they you know, the t- you know top level scouts you know have in the main been totally wrong over the years about the players that you know that they uh, they tipped for greatness you know and of, of course there's you know the 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 Bobby Charltons of this world, and you know, he was discovered by a guy who, who was a Manchester United scout, you know, and the guy was totally right, and you know, and Bobby ended up making it. But you know, would he have made it if it wasn't for the Munich air disaster? You know, would he have been in that team? Would he have been the you know the linchpin if Duncan Edwards, you know, who was you know the youngest England captain ever at age twenty, you know, hadn't died as a result of the Munich air, air crash? And and so, you know, it, it's such an imperfect science. Uh, and it's it, it's one that uh, there's a statistic on the NFL, which is just frightening, how bad you know the 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 supposed experts are at spotting the superstar quarterback of the future, and how uh, you know most of the quarterbacks that have come through and dominated at the highest level of the NFL weren't high-level draft picks. You know, so and and this is you know an environment where they literally measure every physiological characteristic that they can, you know, when they're drafting football players because of the specialized nature of the positions. But the one thing they cannot estimate is the you know, the je ne sais quoi, the I don't know what, the something special that goes into being a quarterback.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's kinda of like being Brazilian.
2: You know, you can't measure what goes into being a Ronaldinho. Mm-hmm. You can't measure creativity. You can't measure artistry. Mm -hmm. You can't measure beauty. You know, these are things that you just know when you see it, you know, that send chills up your spine. You know, but you can't quantify these things.
1: Well that's what I hate and uh, we were talking the other day. I hate how stats are getting involved in soccer. Like people trying to convince me about the wingers that should go to Brazil World Cup talking about how many chances they created in the EPL how many you know plays that resulted in goals and blah 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 I don't give two craps about any of that that like it, it it's not it's not basketball I'm sorry you gotta look I, at I won't
0: that. join join your camp in, t- in its entirety while I understand your sentiment I think there is some value to some of those things
1: yeah sure but then you're comparing a a guy that is playing in France like with a guy sure. that is competing it's not apples to apples to at, to, at all. In EPL, yeah. you're comparing chances created against Brighton, and you compare chances created against Chelsea. Uh, 100% you know, agree it's on that too. Front. There yeah. are too yeah.
0: many variables. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree on that front. You, you mentioned you mentioned football, Andy, and it, it actually. You know, we're here in Kansas City. We're we're, we're blessed with the uh, uh, opportunity to, to watch Patrick Mahomes on a on a on a weekly basis, and Patrick Mahomes is um a a game changer from a quarterback perspective because of the the Genesis quoi, Qua, right? Because of the What do the, you call it? My French is improving. Genesis Gue. <laughs> Football <laughs> Genesis quoi. What's the group Genesis got to do with Genesis quoi? <laughs> What's Love got to do with it? Um but Whoa. Mahomes <laughs> Mahomes' <laughs> creativity and ability to create out of out of nothing is something that that previous iterations of NFL quarterbacks of the culture of developing quarterbacks in college and the pros they 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 put them in a straight jacket and said no 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 it's three step drop five step drop and then you throw and something has changed because if you watch the NFL and the pregame and all that they talk about they're now celebrating not just Patrick Mahomes but Lamar Jackson right other quarterbacks that have this innate creativity within them and like it kind of makes you wonder have we been cheated for our for our entire you know lives in that there were quarterbacks there were athletes that could have done that 30 years ago and forty years ago they existed our coaching mechanism just didn't allow for it to come to the surface and so the same can be applied to soccer like Ronaldinho exists in other places other than just in his his, his area of Brazil but our coaching mechanism has been one in which it keeps that from from blossoming, Charlton, maybe he doesn't become Bobby Charlton without Duncan Edwards signing without an opportunity. And coach, as we as coaches, specifically we as youth coaches, have this opportunity to provide every player the opportunity to become the next, the next Patrick Mahomes, to become the next Ronaldinho, to become the next Lamar Jackson or whatever it might be.
2: And, and uh, you know, that was all well said. And honestly, in the USA right now, there's not a chance of anybody becoming Ronaldinho. Unless they come from our club in Kansas City, and even yeah. and
0: even our club in Kansas City, while we're going to help kids maximize their their creativity, we're still sat in the middle of a of American culture, which is going to beat down that player when they go trout for the high school team or whatever the next the next right, right. or or when they step into a U eight seven v seven game with three referees and a bunch of linesmen and parents screaming at them, they've got a really big mountain to climb to truly to truly get to the level of creativity that Ronaldinho was afforded the opportunity to develop in Brazil at age eight.
2: Yeah, it's a dam. You know, it, you know it's not something... In Brazil, there are no dams. You know, when somebody is that good, you know, that, there are dams they are damn good, you know, that's, but, but there's no blockages in their way. You know, yeah. the, you know the pipeline is creative. It's, it's respected. it's revered. Yeah. You know, it's, so, you know, with fighting our culture, they're going with the flow of their beauty people go will go
1: to games to watch the that neighborhood kid because he's so good like people will be oh we got that kid that is coming up from that club we got to go watch him that that kid is unbelievable. like the the kid the 12 13 year old kid that is that good i mean they're being praised there's a kid right now in brazil he's 9 nine years old, plays for Santos. Santos is just incredible in developing players since the 60s in the Pelé, not 50s in the Pelé era. Um, And the kid at eight years old, he already signed his first contract with Nike. He's the youngest kid who ever signed with Nike. He's nine now. You see the kid's clips on, on YouTube. It's it's mind-blowing. Left-footed, strong, super skillful, like a leader. He's already the captain of, of the... They play on, on a futsal league, and he's now transitioning to outdoor as well. Um, the kid is just incredible. And, like, everybody in Brazil is, like, talking about this kid. And the kid is just nine years old. People are looking him up on the internet. There's this new kid that is 16 years old. His name is Endric, uh from Palmeiras. And he's already playing in the pros and he's, he was playing at 16. He was playing U20. So against kids five years older than him. And he was already the number 10, you know, and just, uh, they won the U20, uh, youth, youth, uh, youth league in Brazil. And he's already like Real Madrid, Barcelona, Liverpool—all like the big clubs are after this kid. He started in the pros, first game, scored two goals. I mean, the yeah. kid is just yeah, yeah. special, I, and I everybody's, everybody's talking about him. Everybody's <laughs> I, like the whole Brazil. <laughs> other teams are all like looking at this kid,
0: trying to see this. It reminds kid. me of my childhood, to be honest. No, yeah.
1: I, it's just—it's just like the way we celebrate this kind of phenoms that start appearing, and like how everybody supports them and wants them to succeed and want to watch them regardless of the team they're from it's just different
2: so you know i, I you know i feel sorry for this kid I, I think he'd be much better off if he'd been born and brought up in 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 cleveland the mistake by the lake or you know the or detroit you know the you know the old industrial centers you know it's it's uh, you know you know he's a kid that that uh, he, he could have been you know used for his ability to win games when he was 10 yeah you know and, and you all know, those championships that you know yeah all those, yeah all the, all the things that he missed you know all those those medals yeah you know that that he could have won when he was 10 11 12 because yeah. they would have used the hell out of him you know whilst being conflicted well no
0: you while you're going on I actually feel worse for the Cleveland coaches who didn't get the opportunity to have him on their team and use him to to win all the medals <laughs> that they could have won <laughs>
2: And, you know we're being facetious about Cle- Cleveland you, you know? are i'm not it's it's every single city in the USA you know we've we prize the wins instead of the beauty you mm-hmm. know and as a result we don't get the wins at the highest level because you know we put the brakes on these kids at some point in time you know you know they they're, they're going to go from our club into high school and for 3 months it's going to be all about winning and you know when they start to dribble they're going to have players and you know, I've been on the other side of this as a coach, as a dad, you know, they're going to have players and coaches screaming at their kids to get rid of the ball, you know, and, and so these kids in three months have interminable damage done to their creativity, you know, and their self-concept, you know, because for three months they've been subjected to the tall poppy thing, you know, mm-hmm. you know they're, they're wanting to lead, they're wanting to take the ball, they're wanting to dribble three people, bless you, and score a great goal. And, you know, and, but they can't in that culture. You know, and so they get damaged within three months. You know, uh, 10 years of work can get undone, you know, because of the need to win that is so absolutely endemic to our society. But let me read this. I've been busting to read this for like 10 minutes, and I haven't been able to get a word in edgeways. You guys talk too much. Um, Brazilian soccer and this you know this episode incidentally is about social psychology you know so yeah, we we've, we've my, got my third degree we've, we've we've gone off on a tangent but we're we're on the you know the the right track um, this is an example of brazil's social psychology brazil's play a lot of one on one and they don't suck ronaldo de lima ronaldinho roberto carlos danielson play against them put the ball at their feet and they, they will make you weep. You will swear they're going to their left. And they'll go to their right. You will swear they are going to their right. And they'll go to the left. And your legs will be twisted. And you will fall. And you will mess your pants. And <laughs> 60,000 people in the stands will put their arms on each other's shoulders and sing a song about your twisted legs, your falling, and your smelly, mess pants. But it's not fair, you will say. They have those super soccer Brazilian genes (laughs) and chromosomes or some kind of soccer enhancement surgery before they're two. And you will be wrong. These guys have played one-on-one since they were little Brazilian babies and could walk. Think about it. If you can play one-on-one, you touch the ball all the time. Your touch gets better. Your moves get better. Your creativity and improvisation get better. If you play 11-on-11, then this happens. Here comes the ball. Trap it. Pass it 100 times. Little improvement. However, if you play a lot of one-on-one, when you do play a game of 11-on-11, you'll be that much better. Brazil wouldn't have held up five World Cups over their heads if they hadn't played so much individual soccer first. Shrink your game. One opponent, a small patch of ground, and a ball. Soon enough, you'll get to shorten your name to one word and put an O on the end. And by the way, if Ronaldinho were English, he would have been conditioned to pass the ball early in every possession, and he would be called... Ronald.
0: (laughs) 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 Uh, I'm like just envisioning like this fantastic World Cup advertisement, right? Commercial (laughs) (laughs) where where like if Ronaldinho had been born in England, what kind of player he'd been? It would have been Ronald. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you this. He would be very good in set pieces serving the ball into the box. (laughs) Come on, Ronald!
2: <laughs> go, Ronnie, go! <laughs> Cold English winter's day. Hey, Ronnie, quit that crap. Stop playing with the ball. Get it long. Stick it in the mixer, son. did <laughs> in doubt, kick it out.
0: <laughs> that was fantastic. I, mean, the, laughed, I just didn't expect that to end that way.
2: <laughs> it's true.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've all got a Ronald on our team, or our or our coaches helped us create a team full of Ronalds. <laughs> yeah. if, you,
2: if you're English, you have eleven Ronalds at the pitch at the on the pitch at the same time. You know? mm-hmm. And you know it's it's incredible. Even the incredible ones, you know, Paul Gascoigne in Brazil. Paul Gascoigne would have been an absolute genius. You know, in England, he was this aberration, driven to drink because his creativity wasn't recognised. Sure, you know, it's it's you know he, he's. He's one of the best players ever to come out of England, you know, but outside of the British Isles, most people don't even know about him, you know, and yet he was incredible, incredible. Yeah. If he'd been Brazilian, you know, he would be as famous as Pelé, yeah. you know, but he was born in the wrong country, you know, in the wrong attitude, you know, in, in the wrong culture, you know, and even then... He was still revered by a subsection of the population
0: yeah i i can I can identify a lot with Paul Gascoigne based on my my
2: my youth <laughs> Well, he was a bit insane <laughs> yeah yep to, to each their own
0: um well we're gonna be wrapping up this first episode- this first section of this episode uh thanks to Philippe's uh late arrival uh we got to make sure he gets to uh, his his comments practice on time so he doesn't get fined. Um, I don't ever remember you fining me for being late to practice, Andy, and I appreciate that. My mom appreciates that too.
2: I
1: need, I need well, we didn't money. get paid to pay, play for Andy. Andy so. yeah,
0: I mean, sometimes I did. <laughs> <laughs> my mom gave me a dollar for every goal. <laughs> I'm sure dad, I think my dad gave me candy when I tried skill during games. When I was Is that ready? why
1: he was
2: broke? <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have actually you know instead of you know making money I would have paid you to stay away from games. Oh that's, that would have
0: been the approach that you took yeah yeah, 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 yeah. well very I, I didn't have the heart very you good <laughs> I'm taking a photo now and I will be putting it up on our socials so you can see what is in store for you I'll do actually a video what's in store for you um, with all of Andy's notes and his red blood ink. Um, for what will come as we finish out this episode. Um, when Philippe hopefully shows up on time next
1: time. I will, for sure.
0: Yep.
2: And, and I I just, every episode, I don't get to a fraction of the stuff that I've prepared. So
0: Philippe actually we'll coming late is we're going to get through it. It might just take us a couple of episodes. Yeah,
2: this is basically the intro. Yeah, this was the intro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is the intro. <laughs> for the next episode. Yep. Cause, you know, and, and just so that people know what's coming, so they don't see this as as just a um, you know just a, a, a comedy show. Um, <laughs> it's you know, a bad one if it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, this is about environmental psychology. You know, and 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 it's a um, a direct study of the relationship between an environment and how that environment affects its inhabitants. It's driven by the result and how to get there. And and you know, th- this is also about sociology. You know, it's the study of social life, social change, and the social causes and consequences of human behavior. We're getting pretty serious here. Sociologists investigate the structure of groups, organizations, and societies and how people interact within these contexts. And that's what's fascinating about our game. We've got one society, Brazil, that's out on the ragged edge of brilliance, and we've got other societies that are on the ragged edge of rote learning. You know, and, you know, and and consequently, despite massive populations, they're so regimented, they're never gonna get to where Brazil are. You know, and, you know, we've gotta change the narrative for our coaches. You know, we've gotta start going much more towards the Brazilian methodology. In fact, we should probably go even further than Brazil has ever gone, you know, and be truly, completely, absolutely and utterly creative with what we do with our kids. Because we could change the world in so many wonderful ways if we taught kids to be really, really creative, and mind to the fullest extent of their potential, you know, their their creative side. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you know, and use that to change the world. How many Pelees, Ronaldinho's, Maria Montessori's, you know, just you know, the you know, just you know, incredible people you know, are there? Leonardo da Vinci, easy for me to say, right? You know, it, you know, how many of these incredible people are there out there? The Mozarts, you know, they, you know using sporting examples, you know, the, the Michael Jordan, the Tiger Woods, you know, the Usain Boltz of this world. How many more of these people are there, you know, out there in the world that don't get a chance because they weren't, you know, brought up in a creative mentality? They weren't optimised. They were restricted. They were dragged down to the mushy middle. Does that I'll, make sense?
0: I'll leave you with what should be the or what is the 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 unspoken uh, motto of American youth soccer coaches. American youth soccer coaches lowering every player's ceiling one practice at a time. <laughs> with that, we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Thanks, Philippe. Thanks, Andy. Thank Thanks, you. Guys.